Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is hymns that shaped us. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelow, and I serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this actually comes from a new devotional that you have put together at the church for the littles, correct? Correct. There's an amazing team of individuals, uh, Deacon Bonnie Joellen, who has been our Sunday school teacher for many years around Central, and our new admin who administrator, who's incredibly gifted with publications, Vicki. And I've had some input on it through the process, but they really took it and ran with it and created an incredible opportunity for an in-hand paper devotional for our young kids during this time of COVID. And a portion of that devotional is that we want our kids to have some of the hymns, some of the music that can be really helpful when times are hard in your life. And so we're creating a section called the Hymns That Shaped Us. And we're asking members to record a favorite hymn and maybe a little bit of a story to go along with it as to why that is a favorite. And we're putting the lyrics into the binder, into the booklet for the kids so they can go online and they can listen to the song and they can sing along and learn it. Okay, so I'm curious where this idea came from, only in terms of, is this because we are now in Zoom worship and we don't sing the same way we used to that you wanted to bring this up? Or is this something that you had in mind before the whole pandemic and quarantine thing? This actually came from Deacon Bonnie. Okay. One of the things as we were talking about creating this resource for our young families is a recognition that in times of incredible stress and difficulty, several of us, myself and Deacon Bonnie included, find ourselves leaning on hymnody and hymns as a form of prayer and comfort when frightened. And she talked about how she wanted that for her own children. And she wants that for all of our young families in our congregation, which I completely agree with. I think it's a a wonderful thing. And so as we were coming up with this idea of the devotional, the hymns became a part of that. So what kind of response have you gotten from the congregation so far? We've had a couple of different members who have been willing to record their favorite hymns. We have three of them up on our website already. So folks can go to centralportland.org slash hymns, H-Y-M-N-S, and listen to those first three that have been recorded. And we're preparing the next packet of material to go out to the kids next week. And so we are hoping to have at least four more recordings sometime in the next week or so. Okay, so let's take it back now to hymns that shaped us, Uh you and me. Uh You didn't grow up in the church, though, correct? Nope, not at all. So do you remember anybody singing any hymns, or is it purely from pop culture that you had any exposure to it? I knew Amazing Grace, and I think I may have known others or may have heard others, but I didn't know that they were hymns. Okay. So that's a piece of it. And one of the things, my family of origin, their denomination sings an all-four-part acapella music. Oh, wow. And so even with the shaped notes, if anyone out there is familiar with shaped note singing, it's a way to teach 
the notes and how distant they are from one another and to help people recognize them. And so their tradition is very much the shaped note, four-part, acapella, everybody sings everything. So I'm very used to hearing harmony and making up harmony because my family sang that way. But I don't know whether or not they were singing hymns. They likely were, but I would not have recognized them as such. That is fascinating because the Catholic church that I grew up in there was no harmony whatsoever. <laughs> Even now, the hymnals have so little harmony in them from the Catholic pub- yeah, they publishers. Do. It, yeah, they It was kind of sad. So when I started dating my now husband in the Lutheran church, where they all in the family took a different part and would sing it, and sometimes switch every verse, uh-huh. which part they were singing, it was a whole new world for me. Totally. And that's very much akin to what I grew up with among the family and learning how to figure out how to match those harmonies up or not change and shift. And yeah, shaped note singing. And they taught it in Sunday school. Yeah. My family talks about learning something called solfeggio in Sunday school. And solfeggio is the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. Okay. And knowing which of those is assigned to which note and then singing a piece of music using those words instead of using the lyrics in order to learn the tune. And because they had no instruments in the church, they would teach the children how to learn a hymn through solfeggio. Wow. Which at my college university was an advanced musical technique. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so then once you started going, Mm -hmm. what appealed to you? What struck you? You know, it's really interesting because I think back, my first hymns were at college. And we had, you know, some hymnody during on Sunday mornings, but my heart resonated with what was Tuesday Night Watch, which was an evening service where we would gather together. And it was actually music like, as the deer... And kind of more contemporary praise pieces. Okay. And that was what I started. And then when I went to seminary a couple years later, I started to learn all the traditional hymns of the denomination. And there was just so much to learn, so much music to learn, that it's been a very fascinating journey. I would say that more of what we were seeing, other than the Christmas carols and that kind of stuff was more contemporary stuff in my Mm. uh, church that I grew up in. Yeah. But when I got to the Lutheran church and they still had the green hymnal and they were doing harmonies and they were doing the old school hymns, that's when I very much enjoyed it a whole lot more than I did before. Really? Mm -hmm. Fascinating. So what was it about the kind of more traditional style hymns that started to echo into your heart? It really, really all comes down to four-part harmony. I had listened to a lot of the music that my mother listened to, and I'm talking like old Beatles records and the Beach Uh Boys and the harmonies of what I've always loved. Uh So now being able and encouraged to sing that meant a lot because it was fun. It was way more fun than singing just the melody every time. Totally. I get really excited when I get to sing the harmony. There have been years where, as the pastor, my mic has been turned on so I can help pseudo-lead the music. I put lead in air quotes 
so I've just had my microphone on. So I always had to sing the melody line when my microphone is on. But in congregations where they turn my mic off for the music, which mm-hmm. is my preference, then I get to, for one, if I don't have a singing voice that day, I'm off the hook. But otherwise, I get to play with harmonies and make as many mistakes as anybody else. It's pretty brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably been my husband's grandparents more than anything that influenced it because they always talked about their favorite hymns. Mm. My family doesn't talk about having a favorite hymn. That's not how it works. Music has never been a part of their life quite that way. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So from that standpoint, that's the other reason that the old school hymns tend to ring more is because that's what was talked about more. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Your, I mean, Amazing Grace is one thing. How Great Thou Art is mm-hmm. another one. Mm-hmm. But the one that probably resonates the most for me is, for some reason, I fell in love with Of the Father's Love Begotten. Oh, I love that hymn. And I made my husband sing it at both the baptisms for my children. That's awesome. <laughs> Even though it wasn't technically the right time of the church for it, but it didn't oh, matter. Yeah, it's always the right time for that piece. I think so. I have a, a wonderful, joyful story of that one in my first year of seminary. I went to the seminary in, in the Bay Area and we went on a wine tour. It was mm. the first time I had ever been on a wine tour in my life. And Sterling Vineyards... If anyone is familiar with seeing their wine on grocery shelves and things like that, Sterling Vineyards, you get up to their winery through a gondola. But on their tour, there's a room in their building that is super tall, like maybe 30, 40 feet tall and cement and a rectangle. And there's nothing in there. It's like a hallway kind of space. It's just a space to pass in between two different sections of their building. And it has the most amazing acoustics. Nice. And this was a bunch of pastors, right, on this wine tour. And so we walked in and we heard the acoustic. And myself and a very dear friend of mine at the time stood in there and sang of the Father's love begotten. And it just echoed and tumbled around in that beautiful space. It was pretty delightful. Nice. A moment I will never forget. I bet. Okay, so as we're talking about praise music or newer songs Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the older traditional hymns where do you put the vacation bible school jesus loves me this i know in your taxonomy well and so here's an interesting one because vacation bible school songs sometimes are really they're super catchy and they're so fun like we're thinking about you know camp songs were pretty amazing the way that they stuck into the kids heads that week Vacation Bible School now has gotten to a point where they're not using standard pieces year after year after year. They're creating custom new music for each year for everybody to learn. Really? So that kind of consistency isn't present. So when it comes to something like Jesus Loves Me, one of the first stories in my lifetime that I ever heard about a hymn and its power, my mother has worked with elder care for years in my life. Probably she started working in the elder care field when I was around eight or nine years old. And she specialized in working with folks with Alzheimer's and being a caregiver support work person. And oftentimes those with Alzheimer's can have a certain space and time where they become violent and angry and scared. And so they become aggressive. Sure. And mom told me about the incredible power 
there were so many clients. She would get a call out that someone was being aggressive. She would have to go out. She was on the social worker on call. She'd go out to the home and she'd come in and she would start singing Jesus loves me. And everything else might have been gone. Who their spouse was, the names of their children, right? So many heart pieces gone but she would start singing Jesus Loves Me and they would calm down and begin singing it with her. Oh, that's amazing. Right? And so mom's question to me was, what is going to be that song for your generation? And we don't have it. No. We don't have it, which is why I have taught Jesus Loves Me to the kids. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. and I don't mind repetition when it comes to these songs because we want to get them into people's bones not just a theory or a concept, but what is going to be the piece of music that when you have lost so much of your identity, this can help you remember who and whose you are. That's what hymns can do for us. And I think, you know, Amazing Grace might be the closest I will have. Mm-hmm. Be Thou My Vision might be my current favorite song. Of the Father's Love Begotten may be deeply important to my soul. The servant song is incredibly important to my understanding of my faith and key moments in my life. But Amazing Grace was the first one I learned. Sure. And so that's going to hold on to my heart probably the longest. So I think that we may downplay or This Little Light of Mine is another Mm -hmm. really good one that people have learned when they're young. But they're really important because they can last into decades and decades later. So some of this we're talking about is age of people, right? The Mm -hmm. older generation, Mm -hmm. the more traditional, the younger kids, you're going to do your this little light of mine. Where have you seen or have you even seen any regional differences from more east to maybe California to now in the Pacific Northwest? I haven't done enough kind of ministry time in each of those different areas to be able to speak. I think, you know, in general, I was in college. So in college in the 90s, they were doing, in the late 90s, they were doing the kind of praise music that we're still hearing. I mean, same stuff. It actually hasn't really changed in 25 years. So, you know, (laughs) those kinds of pieces. But what is easier to show is actually congregational differences. Okay. Because it's not even, there may be regional differences, but since I've done the vast majority of my ministry in the Pacific Northwest, I have a very Pacific Northwest eye and idea for what's out here. But each congregation has been distinctively different that I have served. Whether it was my internship congregation that would change their liturgy each and every week That sounds hard. (laughs) They had like five that were on rotation. And so they would just rotate them each week, but they knew about five of them or whether it was my congregation I served up North that was much more traditional. And so they really enjoyed the green book settings Uh and those kinds of pieces or whether it was my congregation down south who would go with me if I found some kind of random. So I really like some of the Catholic liturgies that have been published. They've got some really catchy tunes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, they they were able to snag a couple of really gifted composers in the last 20 years. So I really like David Haas's work. And 
it's not easy to play. The pianist or organist needs to be pretty skilled, but it's a lot of fun to sing. There are some really beautiful pieces out there. So, you know, it really varies by congregation as much as it varies by region. Interesting. So I'm fascinated by this discussion of contemporary music and traditional hymns in terms of what is going to be the one thing that kind of unites us all. And Mm -hmm. it's such a fascinating struggle in terms of how long does it take something contemporary to be that amazing grace status? Yeah. Have you seen anything that sort of shot to the top and is now ubiquitous for everyone? Or is it still... The Lutherans sing this one, the Catholics sing this one, the Episcopalians do this, and the Presbyterians do that. Oh, I don't even know. I think it's probably pretty divided up right now. I know that there are certainly hymns that I can tag your generation by. So I can guess if someone is asking for In the Garden, I can guess what generation they're a part of. If someone is asking for Borning Cry by Ilvasacker, I can guess which generation they're a part of. Uh Uh-huh. If you're asking for some praise music, which we haven't even really talked about, or if you're asking for uh, something like someone to sing a song by a contemporary Christian band, right? I can probably guess what generation you're probably hitting in. So it's almost age group in some ways that it gets locked out. And of course, theological background, because praise music is more often used in some different denominational settings. But even even many Lutherans have used lots of praise music in their worship services. So, What is your definition of praise music? How is that different from either contemporary or traditional hymns? Oftentimes, when people are talking about this topic, which people sometimes use the term worship wars, okay. because people battle about this a lot, like... I want to have praise music. No, I don't like praise music. I only want... So hymns are oftentimes multi-versed, maybe with a chorus that repeats. Okay. Can be harmony or single melody line. When people start talking about contemporary music, sometimes they mean praise music. Sometimes they mean anything written since 1975. Okay. Right? So... I wouldn't necessarily say that Marty Haugen's work is praise music because it works very much more like a traditional hymn in that it has verses and those kinds of pieces. Well, that's the same with Dave Haas, right? Because he's also writing in the 50s or 60s or something. And is still alive and writing out music now. Okay. Laurie True is the same way, right? They're contemporary musicians writing contemporary hymns, but they don't write praise music. So praise music is music that you might find in a more evangelical-leaning congregation that has a lot of call and response or a lot of repeating of phrases. Uh, It has less of a everybody sings these four verses together and more of a perhaps a cantor leading a verse and then everybody singing a chorus together that is very familiar. Uh Critics will say that praise music has a simpler melody line to follow. But then I'll lift up, oh, and the other joke is that it's the same five words repeated over and over again. Nice. Right. But I'll lift up then Tizé and say that Tizé music, which is a very simple melody line, you repeat it over and over again. It has 
a verse that the congregation sings and maybe something that a cantor sings over top of it to enhance it follows the same pattern as what people will kind of say is not as fancy in modern praise music. So it all depends upon the context and it all depends upon your musicians and it all depends upon the architecture and what works in your sanctuary and what doesn't work in your sanctuary. But they're all hymns. They're all a part of our holy music that give us words and language for how we express our prayers and how we express our faith. Excellent. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. What is your favorite hymn? Ah. You knew it was coming. I know, I know. Um, I will say right now my favorite hymn continues to be Be Thou My Vision. Okay. And there are many that I love. So does it change your favorite hymn? I think I have like a favorite handful of hymns. Okay, that's fair. For like multiple different points in time when I'm feeling different things. Like, Of the Father's Love Begotten is one of them. Be Thou My Vision is one of them. Uh, Amazing Grace is one of them. Right? There's... Are these the ones that you're singing when you're washing your hands? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. They totally are. Shepherd Me, O God by Marty Haugen. Totally is. When I'm feeling lost and alone and don't know what to do and I'm overwhelmed, Shepherd Me, O God it is. Uh, You Are Mine is another one that's a more contemporary, it's written more recently, but that one has carried me through many, many, many days. But I can't pass up the beauty of beautiful savior or uh, the one, uh, come home, come home, you are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. That one, Mm -hmm. right? Those hymns I have sung to so many people as they die Mm -hmm. that they're so dear in my heart. So, yeah, tons. I'm turning this around to you. What is your favorite hymn? Well, I already told you that. Say it again anyway. Of the Father's Love Begotten. Yeah. Do you have a second place? Do I have a second place? You know what? I honestly, it's got to be one of those... um, Beautiful Savior, How Great Thou Arts, only because mm-hmm. that is what I associate with the older generation of the people that I love. Yep. Super real. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the hymns that have shaped us. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and thank you all for listening along. If you have a favorite hymn that has shaped you that you would like to share with the next generation of Central Lutheran youth... We would love to hear it. Record a short introduction as to why it is that you love the hymn. Record the hymn and send it on in to us. You can send it to me at pastor at centralportland.org. And we'll see if we can't get that up online and wrapped into our devotional, as long as we have the copyright permission to do so. Thank you so much for listening. And until we are back in your ears again, remember God loves you no matter what.